Welcome. I'm Richard Prosh, and this is another edition of Six Gun Justice Conversations. These are occasional bonus downloads where my co-host Paul Bishop or I get to hang out around the virtual Six Gun Justice podcast campfire and spend some time talking with other friends and writers who also love the Western genre. With me for this edition is novelist Patrick Deren. Winner of the Western Writers of America Spur Award for his novel, The Big Drift, Patrick Deren is the author of 24 books. Deren was born in 1951 and grew up in Sterling City, Texas. He earned a Bachelor of Journalism from the University of Texas at Austin in 1974 and received nine national and state awards as a reporter for two West Texas daily newspapers. His newest novels are Apache Lament, Dead Man's Boot, and When Cowboys Die. I'm glad our schedules came together so that we could catch up. So thanks for being here, Patrick. Oh, thanks for having me, Richard. Patrick, you grew up in the small West Texas town of Sterling City. Can you tell us how those years influenced your writing, and did you always want to be a writer? Well, I think growing up in Sterling City was an experience that has stayed with me my entire life. The town only had 700 people in it when I was living there, and it's the kind of place where everyone knew if you were sick and cared if you died. So it was like one big family, and I had a teacher my freshman uh, year in high school, and he made the mistake of returning a book report that I had written, and he had a note on it that said, have you tried writing as a career? Little did he know that at that moment he had created a monster. I went home that very afternoon at age 14 and began writing my first novel, which I actually completed in high school. And so writing has been my passion ever since that day in 1966. What was that novel about? Science fiction. My writing idol, still my writing idol, is Edgar Rice Burroughs. And I grew up reading all the Tarzan novels and his science fiction novels. And he also wrote two of the finest Western novels that I've ever read, those being The War Chief and Apache Devil. He was stationed in Arizona in the 1890s, and so he had somewhat firsthand experience or knowledge of the country. And he did these two fine historical novels about the last days of the Apache. So what else did you read? If you were reading Burroughs, were you also reading then other science fiction or Western? Or did you just read, like so many of us, just about anything? My second favorite author back in those days, and who also remains my second favorite, is Lee Brackett. Lee Brackett is best known for scripting several John Wayne movies and The Big Sleep, but she did science fiction novels. She actually won a Spur Award, 1963, for Follow the Free Wind, and I admire her work. What a stylist she was. Burroughs was the storyteller. Brackett was the stylist. I also read James Oliver Curwood. His novel, Kazan, republished as Kazan the Wolf Dog, remains one of my favorite stories. I just love the high adventure with all three of those authors and also Jack London. So then you were writing in high school. You went on to college, I presume, and then became a journalist, right? Well, I went to the University of Texas at Austin, which at the time had the finest creative writing program, at least in Texas. And uh, my goal was to be a novelist, but they had no major in creative writing, so I majored in journalism. And that led me into working for two separate daily newspapers here in West Texas. Did you have a certain beat that you covered then, or did you start just a kind of a catch-all reporter for a small paper like that, or were there certain areas that you covered? For example, the San Angelo Standard Times, where I began my reporting career, we covered 54 counties, an area the size of the state of Ohio. And so every day, one of us was on the road, and I picked up so many great ideas for novels, for things I've drawn upon since. 
And I was also a regional reporter for the Midland Reporter Telegram, paper at which my wife is currently managing editor. But I parlayed all of that folklore and material I gathered, not only into several nonfiction books over the years, but as background for my Western novels. Do you see yourself primarily as a nonfiction writer who writes fiction or a novelist then who occasionally writes nonfiction? I have had 10 nonfiction books out, ranging from university press documented works to folklore books to go along with my 14 novels. In my mind, I think of myself as a novelist. I've done both, and one has helped the other. My nonfiction work gives me the background to write my fiction, and when I write a novel, it forces me to do research, which often leads to nonfiction ideas. Yes, I can see that. One of those nonfiction pieces that you did or that you worked on was so intriguing to me as I did some research on on your background. You were involved with a unique preservation effort where, and correct me if I'm wrong, you recorded the words of 76 different men who had cowboyed between or before 1932. That's really, sounds like an amazing once-in-a-lifetime kind of project. It's something that can't be done again because all those men are gone, all that generation. This was the last generation of men who cowboyed exclusively on horseback. This was before the introduction of trucks and pickups. Trucks existed, but they were not used much on the range until the later 30s. And really, World War II is what kind of mechanized the entire ranching industry. And and these men had amazing stories to tell of stampedes and being dragged by horses. The real stuff of the Old West. My two oldest men that I interviewed were both born in 1892 and began cowboying as very young cowboys around the turn of the 20th century. And I think my youngest, the kid among all my men, was born in 1915. So they're all gone now. These were the last of a breed and just has given me amazing background from which to craft my Western novels. What happened to those interviews? Where are they now? I recorded all these interviews on cassette tape. I have donated these to the N.S. Haley Memorial Library here in Midland, where I also currently work part-time as an archivist. And these have all been digitized now, so they're saved. They'll be available for future researchers. That's great. I wondered if they were available, if someone wanted to access those, then they would contact the library and, and set that up. That's correct. That sounds so amazing to have been able to kind of touch history that way. Back in the 1940s, J. Evitz Haley, who founded the Haley Library and who did the, the famous biography of Charles Goodnight, Haley went out with a new dictation device called a Soundscriber. It created little green flexible discs, and he began interviewing pioneers born as early as 1850, recording their voices, oral history on a level that had never been done before. And there are about 215 hours of these that I was responsible for getting digitized. And so I've been drawing upon those also for my novels as well. Just an amazing collection at the Haley Library here in Midland, Texas. Wow, what a treasure. That's incredible. Along the lines of your novels, you won a Spur Award for The Big Drift, a harrowing story of the elements. But as you and I have corresponded about, it also touches on the more maybe underlying storm of bigotry and racism, as does your newer novel, Apache Lament. I was wondering, in getting ready to talk with you today, was prejudice a deliberate theme that you kind of set out to tackle in these novels, or did you just sit down and start writing and that theme kind of 
comes out of the characters? Was it one or the other? Well, in terms of the Big Drift, which is an actual historic event in which late 1884 and early 1885, hundreds of thousands of open-range cattle were driven by a blizzard down into Texas, creating a need for the most massive roundup in, in Western annals. So I had an event, and I, I didn't set out to do a look at bigotry, etc., but I created characters. I thought, well, I have not written about a black cowboy before. How about making one a black cowboy, one a white cowboy, and who both have something in their past racially and, and, and play one against the other and see what happens. That's kind of how I do a lot of my novels. I play the what-if game. What if I have this set of circumstances, this set of characters in this setting, and let them play against each other and see what happens. The conflict kind of comes naturally sometimes in that situation. Right, absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit more about writing Apache Lament? Apache Lament is based on the last battle in Texas between a military force and Indians. The actual battle occurred in January 1881 in the Sierra Diablo Mountains. That's about 90 miles east of El Paso. And there were about 20 to 25 Texas Rangers who attacked a Mescalero camp at the summit of the range in the snows. And I mentioned the Soundscriber disc at the Haley Library in Mid. Two of these 1946 interviews were with one of the 20 Texas Rangers who participated in that last battle. So I had some amazing primary source material to work from. Plus, then I researched all of the official records, the Army records, the Ranger records, and then I weaved a, a novel around a Texas Ranger and an Apache young mother who is part of that band, and they are fated to meet. They were both raised to hate the other's race, so they're thrown together, and they must re-examine everything they thought about the other's culture. That sounds terrific. What's your process for putting together a novel? Do you, do you sit down and, and outline some things? Do you just take a bunch of notes and then start in and let the flow take you? I learned never to outline anything. It kills it for me. If I, if I write an outline, then it's not fresh. I have a broad outline in my head, but I never put it down on paper. And I try never to miss a day when I'm writing. For example, uh, Apache Lament, I wrote over the course of 389 consecutive days. I may not produce much wordage every day, but I'm the little tortoise that could, I guess, and keep plugging away. Plus, I may write one sentence 45 times before I'm satisfied with it. So every page yeah. that I produce may have dozens of pages in draft behind it. What are you working on right now? I, I dusted off an idea I wrote the opening chapters back in my mid-20s, and I never talk about a work in progress, but I will say that it's set during the Mexican Revolution in the Big Bend of Texas, 1917. Also, I have a novel coming out in March 2021 from Five Star called Haunted Border that is also set during the Mexican Revolution in the Big Bend. So it's kind of a new, fresh area for me to write about, and we'll see what happens. I, I was curious, you've won a Spur Award and you're a member of uh, WWA, as am I. And what do you think about the Western genre as a whole and the community, kind of where we're going and what your experiences are with the Western Writers of America? 
Well, I've been a member since 1990, and I can honestly say that I would not have achieved what I may have achieved without the connections I've made in WWA. To me, it's been a great group of people, a great venue in which to connect with publishers, editors, as well as other writers. You know, writing is a solitary profession. It sure helps to be able to sit down and, and talk to other writers, and, and it's always been helpful to me. So I think very, very highly of Western Rise of America. I've got a deal with Chris Enns. She's going to set up a bunch of WWA people with me to do some conversations. So I wanted to get you in as kind of the leadoff man, so to speak. I appreciate that, Richard. Well, thank you so much for your time. We sure appreciate you being a part of our podcast, and we wish you all the best in the future. Thanks very much, Richard. Thanks to Patrick Deeren for visiting with us today. And thanks to you for listening. Paul and I appreciate your support of our Six Gun Justice podcast and hope you continue to enjoy each and every episode. Be sure to check our website, www.sixgunjustice.com, for links to previous podcast episodes, speed listens, and prior conversations, along with reviews, interviews, and articles from the Western genre. Till next time, keep the sun at your back and a good horse at hand. Let's ride!